Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> Our guest this week, my very good friend, the, uh, the Chris Ables. <laughs> Let's go with that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, no. This week, our guest, very talented illustrator and development visual development artist, Chris Abels, my boy, finally on, finally understanding what the premise of the podcast, and his boyfriend Shane McKean. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the QDO. I think we're doing couples therapy again. We're running it back. Oh yeah. It's going to turn into a conversation starting out from like, oh, what we watch together on Netflix, and then it's going to end up with why you, why you make me miserable. What's <laughs> funny, Shane was like a last minute ad. You had, the, you had the invite. You were part of the invite, but we didn't think you were going to make it. And I basically just said when, we were, when Maddie was setting up the uh, engineering setup as he does, it's like, if you're going to constantly be referring to Shane, he should just be on the podcast so that he can defend himself. <laughs> And, you know, our, our listeners who just heard the theme song, you heard us say that we watch a movie, which is not what we do anymore. And in our last episode, uh, you know, we had a couple on and we picked a TV show for them to watch. And my sister texted me and said, if your new show is, if your sh- show is now going to be just helping couples decide what to watch, I'm on board. I love that. So 70 something episodes in and we finally got my sister on board <laughs> we're gonna go with what works too yeah. until it doesn't yeah which is funny because Chris and I worked together for two years I assume I don't know why I just assumed you would have known what our, my podcast premise was about I didn't even know what my podcast premise was about you have a podcast I did at one point what was the premise that's why that's the premise for his podcast I believe the premise was to interview people while wearing ridiculous wigs yeah, like, it, just that's quite ho- wholly related to the visual. No, that's the thing is, that, and that's honestly one of the reasons why it no longer exists. <laughs> no, it was just it was a, my best friend uh, who's a stand-up comic, and I um, would just literally go around interviewing other comedians and kind of like well-known people in the entertainment industry. But we would get them to do like really, really stupid things and antics as well. So there was like a visual element to it. But it was an audio podcast? Yeah, it was an audio podcast, but there was like a visual element to it. God, I'm saying it right now, and I'm like, this was the worst yeah. idea ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, the episodes came in a tidy two yeah. and a half hours. <laughs> the longest episode, I think, was almost three hours. So you're like super avant garde, oh, wow. just a single rolling take, no edits. No, I mean, the, and the funny thing is, the conversations were actually really, really interesting because we got to talk to like. Some like we got to talk to the band members from the Mowgli's, and we got to talk to. Um, Aren't there like thirteen of them? There's like five, but <laughs> you're thinking of the Mighty Mighty Boston. Yeah, no, we got to talk to, um, you know, the director of Jawbreaker and GFB and stuff like that. So we got to talk to some really interesting people. Um, I think the the gimmick where like we had people wearing the wigs was more just fun for us in studio, and it was more to like get them to lighten up and open up. And it worked, but yeah, the, the premise never made any sense to anybody who was actually listening to it. Well, you're in for surprise. Maddie, break out the wigs. <laughs> I brought my own. <laughs> um, how long have you guys been together now? Uh, four years. I'm the worst at time. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And how long have you shared a Netflix queue? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, and like, first things first, like, no queue. One, none whatsoever. There's no... There's, I mean, we may not even need to belabor this point, but... Well, that's the thing. Is, oddly enough, as we were going through it last night, he found... He's like, oh, you do have a queue, but everything in the queue I've already watched. Like, it's already been... Like, some of those... The graveyard. Some, yeah, some of the things in that queue are two, three years old. So... We kind of... We asked you before you came on for suggestions for what you want to watch strictly in TV world. We said, don't limit yourself to, to Netflix. Um, and we'll get into that later. We're gonna, but first, with this, we have a, a, a 
a recurring guest. We do. <laughs> this is this part of the podcast will never change, except for the brief time that it was a, a Pulp Fiction briefcase. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Floating across the table, <laughs> oh, is uh, yeah, you what know, what looks it. to be. Do you, do you recognize this bag? Is is this by chance the star of American Beauty? This is the star <laughs> of American Beauty. It's always the most, nice to meet the a most fan. beautiful thing I've ever seen. It is. And um, it's the only thing that reminds me of And inside that bag <laughs> are little slips of paper and you can reach in and grab one and then read what it says out loud. What's one movie or TV show everyone assumes you like but you don't? I don't know. See, I'm I'm fairly opinionated and open with my opinions. So yeah. if I don't like something, I pretty much let people know that. But I actually hate the Godfather movies. <laughs> Throwing it down. <laughs> yeah. Hate the Godfather. I, okay, take it back. I don't hate them. I just I don't think they're as like I definitely think they deserve their place in film history. Which is why people probably assume that you at least like them because you. Well, like, I, went, I mean, I went to film school. I consider myself a film buff for the most part. I just, I don't think that they're, they're, they're that great. <laughs> I think that they're kind of weak, actually, a little bit. Or maybe not so much the first one, but the, the second and the third, definitely. Could it have been a classic, your expectations were raised too high? Yeah, do you because... Tend to, do you I, tend to react to that? Definitely. And I didn't see it um, when I was a kid. I actually didn't see the Godfather movies until I was probably a senior in high school so by that point I was you know angsty and cynical and I was like this movie's garbage (laughs) I saw them in the theaters when they came out so there was (laughs) I'm Italian so so it's like pushed upon you you have to see it yeah kind of I'll say I had the opposite experience with The Godfather 3 because I had heard so much shitting on that movie and I finally like watched the third one and I was like oh this is great this is like I still haven't seen it. You never saw the because third one? Of, because of avoiding yeah. it's bad. It's fun. It's like a fun 80s little coked out adventure. It's like, it's not that big a deal. It's just fun. That could be Weekend right? at Bernie's, though. That's like, that's like 20% of the movies from the 80s, though. It's a fun little coked out adventure. All right, Shane, what's your card say? Uh, mine says, what movie have you seen the most times? Which... I, some, I do wish we could just have a counter up. To, to make that a little easier, like in our amount oh, counter, yeah. To make that easier, like this is a question that you'd like God to just weigh in and tell us what the truth mm-hmm. answer is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what mine are. Usually, it's like, what's the one that you could kind of recite all the quotes from? Yeah, I know what my my two are actually. When I would go to high holiday services at synagogue, I would just play Speaking of God, the Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles, the original Jim Henson. I just play that in my head so I didn't have to. Participate in the other thing that you did famously that in conjunction with me is I transferred Goofy Movie onto cassette tape so that you could just listen to the Goofy Movie <laughs> and Ghostbusters too. <laughs> Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Yeah. Like on yeah. A, like on a walk. I could yeah. listen to the audio. It was an audio experience, much like your podcast. It was better, better. Yeah, in middle school, I just figured out that like the outputs from the VCR, you didn't need to plug them into the TV. You could plug them into a tape player and just tape a movie. One time I convinced my aunt uncle to like listen to Ghostbusters <laughs> 2 on tape while we were driving from Boston to New York. I don't know why they did it, but they were really nice to, to do that for me. Yeah. You could just be like really white trash. Like maybe they're just like, this is what kids are doing these days? Up to the VCR or the TV speakers. For all I know, they're just like, this is what kids do these days. They just yeah. They just record. So what are so have you thought of your answers or do you want to weigh in with yours? I want to know what his are because okay. I actually don't what's even know what his movie, are. Maybe we need to reread. What's the movie you could recite at synagogue in your head? The movie that comes to mind most doesn't make me feel great, um, <laughs> but would One probably not be. <laughs> Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh. For some reason, I don't mm. know why. I've seen that movie. Far too many times. The first, the first one. Yes, there shouldn't have been any other ones. Yeah. Maybe it's Colin Firth and Hugh Grant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Firth is not someone on my radar. Like usually, I can tell like if who's kind of like a heartthrobby or mm. unconventionally good-looking. <laughs> yeah. Firth like, does not rate. He does I not mean, rate on my. Go on look my... at pictures of him from his twenties, then. You, even you will be like, you know what? <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> 
I will right now. Yeah, look at, <laughs> look at pictures of young Colin Firth. It, he has like a like if you find young like teenage Colin Firth, he'll have like a Tom Holland kind of quality even. I think more Matt Smith, but I see what's happening here. <laughs> Maybe sure. Matt Smith, Tom Holland. Like he's the epit- yeah. he's the epitome of like English schoolboy kind of. Oh, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Go figure. So then, what changed? Why does he now? <laughs> uh, Forty that? years and I, I don't know. I don't even know how old he is actually. I don't know. I hmm. bet you he's like in his late fifties. We have no way to know. <laughs> Oh, uh, what were your answers for the movie you've seen? The, I mean, time? literally off the top of my head, instantly it's Jurassic Park and Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually watched Jurassic Park the other day for probably, I kid you not, close to the 200th time. It's great. Wow. It really, and it's it only been out a couple of years. It right? just doesn't have a skippable scene. <laughs> I assume scene. you mean the Chris It really doesn't Pratt. have a skippable scene in it, too. No, it doesn't. Like, I mean, I, I enjoy all the Jurassic Park movies because I'm a huge dinosaur nut. I wanted to be a big Even the one with Leone? I, we watched that one yeah, yesterday, actually. Last he night. came over last oh, night, and I was halfway through oh, it. Wow. <laughs> I just kind of put it on the background while I'm working, um, honestly. But, like, the first one is the kind of movie that I've seen so many times, I don't have to watch it. Let's come back to Colin Firth. <laughs> yeah, Sam Neill. Yeah. Doesn't, I associate Sam Neill and, and Colin Firth together. So, like, look, should we just look at mm. yeah, Sam, Sam Neill? Sam Neill's, like, Australian, though, and he's... But, like, but... He's I, handsome, but, like... I don't think like I wouldn't swoon over him like you like Yeah, but he's got like a like Young Sam Neil. Young Sam Neil I can't even really picture because I just picture Sam Neil coming oh. like being born looking <laughs> the same age as he is now. Yeah. He looks kind of the same, but kinda, but I think he got better. He has the strange Luke Skywalker quality. He did yeah. well and yeah. and if you like follow his career, he was like the grown up Damien and like the Omen three. So if you look at was he because yeah. I thought that that was Mark Hamill. No, it was him. So if you go and look at pictures of him from like wow. The Omen Three, he, the the like uh, good looking Australian schoolboy charm is it's replaced with like oh. the creepy. Yes, this I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> that bothers me. Oh yeah. yeah, no, my childhood brain saw the beginning of this movie and decided it wasn't going to take it seriously because I thought it was Mark Hamill. Yeah. Hmm. And then and then the only other thing I can think of... I think he becomes president. Besides, I, when I picture him, I think obviously of Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park, but I also think of two other movies, Event Horizon, and I can't even remember his character's name, and then In the Mouth of Madness, and both of those are like really... I wouldn't go as far as saying all-out gory, but really kind of visceral horror movies from the mid-90s. And it's just... it's When you see an actor that you really like, but you only like them for one specific reason, and then you see them do other stuff, it's kind of uncomfortable and unsettling. You're like, oh, no, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to dig up dinosaurs and, <laughs> you know, save children. You're not supposed to peel off your skin and try to kill people. <laughs> When we, uh, in high school, saw Vanilla Sky, oh, God. I remember feeling so sort of uh, uncomfortable and betrayed by Jason Lee, oh, not as God. just my fun buddy that he had been in every other movie I had seen him in, that he that there actually might be some sort of evil lurking. Yeah. And I didn't, that took a lot for me to process. Jim Carrey, cable guy. Yeah, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was. Like, I appreciate that more now. But when you're 13 or 14, and he's yeah. coming off, and he's especially off Batman Forever, you yeah, know. and especially when like, because I can almost remember the trailer too. The trailer was, they marketed it like a comedy, and then you go and then you watch that, you're like, this is not a comedy. This is, I mean, it's got funny elements, but this is, yeah. this is something completely else. And then you got like Ferris Bueller in there too, and you're just like, what I the hate who I hate. Well, I just hate Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I've never heard anybody ever say that. He's only like he's just he's your Tom Hanks. Yeah, maybe. Alex's dad doesn't like Tom Hanks. What's wrong I with your dad? He has an ir- just an irrational like. <laughs> he just thinks he's overrated and bland. Which is I'm guessing how you feel about. I him. can't stand Tom and yet Cruise. He loves, yeah, wrong. I hate Tom Cruise. Every time I see Tom Cruise, I'm just like ugh. 
I mean, Did I don't you know too much about Tom Cruise. No, that's the thing is, I don't think anybody knows enough about him. I think he is seriously I don't like think I mean, and not that really I anything to know about. Yeah, him, I don't think besides you know Scientology that he's batshit crazy. Yeah, no, I don't think that he. Uh, <laughs> we need to know his personal life, but I feel like he's so. I don't think he has one. Yeah, I think he's so manufactured, and he's so. I think they just keep him in a room. Well, he's <laughs> he's love, like yeah. I love your delivery, Shane, and all these things. Just like little little jabs. Yeah, yeah. just quiet, subtle little. Well, Arya Stark the dark. over here. <laughs> <laughs> just slowly make you feel terrible. <laughs> all right, Maddie. So how do we segue into into the new and improved? Yeah. Clearing so the, queue? Uh, the new show is we have a couple on. We help them decide what to watch. So uh, we heard that you didn't have a queue, but that you said there's tons of shows that I've been meaning to watch. And so we had you email us a list of those shows. There are five on that list. I'm going to read the list in its entirety. And then we'll talk through why we're not going to watch a couple of these. <laughs> okay. And then we'll just work through it all. So the list is Westworld, The Wire, John Adams, Ozark, and The Man in High Castle. So in alphabetical order, it's not in alphabetical order. So in chronological order... <laughs> The first one is Westworld. Yeah. Which I have never seen. However, Alex has seen it. Right? Westworld, I have. The show? Have I've, you I've abandoned it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I mean, season one through completion, and then I gave up two episodes into season two. See, I've heard from a few people kind of summing along the same thing. They're like, eh, season two. Which, I mean, we, me and Matt have been like debating how this whole TV discussion forms. And we're like, that's going to be a thing. The whole idea that with TV, you can abandon. Mm-hmm. The story. You can choose how much to watch. Yeah. Like, you can start in the third season of a show. Yeah. You can I, start at the beginning and stop when you. When it's hard for me, though. Like, I mean, I can, def- I can definitely fall off and lose interest in a show, but I'm a binge watcher, so if I, if I enjoy a show, e- even if I find the show, like, obnoxious or problematic, I still, once I've started, I'm like, I need to at least see how the season ends. I need to see how this storyline gets right. wrapped up. Um, and are you the same way? No. I will tend to give new shows especially at least two episodes. Like I watched Euphoria, the first and second episodes, and I was like, yeah, I don't need this. So you got to get I'm past the pilot watch it. before you make it. Yeah, decision. because I feel like once you get past the pilot, they kind of can get with their characters a little bit more and have a sense yeah. of direction. Mm-hmm. But... And I'm willing to give characters in a show a chance because I know sometimes the pilot, it's, you know, having worked in TV, the, the show will change so much from the pilot to the second episode. So, but it's something about the pilot has to at least get you kind of hooked. Even if it's like, even if you don't like the characters, even if you don't like the actual acting, um, if there's some sort of event or plot line, you're like, okay, I want to see how this, this pays off, but... I'm definitely a binge watcher. I'm one of those people who are like, if I like a show and it's available, I will sit and watch all ten episodes in a row until four in the mm-hmm. morning. But that's hard to do, especially when you work from home, because when, I, when I'm at home working, I usually will put on a TV show that I've seen a hundred times. Background noise, right? Yeah, like something mm-hmm. that I can... Something that... I mean, it sounds kind of I mean, sad. You're drawing. I mean, you're drawing. Yeah, you're, you're drawing, you're so drawing. you're not... You're, you can't really pay attention to what's on the screen because you have to pay attention to what's in front of you. But something that you could... If you glanced up or you took a break, you can enjoy and get a laugh out of, but at the same time, you don't have to give it your attention. Are you ever, like, doing an illustration and you accidentally start drawing dinosaurs? Cause I'm always drawing dinosaurs. <laughs> like, that's literally what I was drawing the night before. It was just <laughs> Jurassic Park stuff. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, the next show on your list is The Wire. Yeah, that's... That is one of those shows that, again, like because I'm a binge watcher, I know I would like it, and I know because it's got such an amazing reputation, and I, I'm not one of those people that try to... I don't really fall for the hype too much, but when that many people tell you, oh my god, the show is so good, yeah. you can't really avoid that. You can't really ignore it, and I know that I would like it, but I also know that it's... I'm a binge watcher, it's a heavy subject matter... And there are certain shows that, as good as they are, after like three episodes, you're like, "Fuck! I just need, just put on like the Golden Girls or like Parks and Rec, just something to like 
cleanse the palate yeah. because this Reaching is the choir. Yeah, because after a while you're just like, uh, oh god, the world is full of terrible this people. This is not the <laughs> escape yep. I mean, that I was yeah. looking 22 for. minute comedy before bed. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'm the one guy in the world that started watching The Wire and wasn't into it. The question is like. Can we handle another <laughs> round of like Alex telling me how good the wire is? Like I tried, I didn't. Can like life? It. Can oh, life do that? He started watching a couple of weeks ago that show that's on HBO called Years and Years, and we watched the first episode together. And I think it's what like six. Yeah, it's six episodes. Six episodes. That's fantastic. I was so bothered by it, I could not finish it because mm -hmm. it, it's so with everything that's going on in the world with you know Trump and. It's gonna take place in like a near future. It takes place in like. It, it takes place like in 2019 to 2029. Yeah, okay. it takes place. The show starts with Trump's second administration. Okay. So that I can't. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. That, 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 that's how Check the show please. starts, and you're just like, ugh. And it's it's so realistic and so close to home with like the way humanity is evolving and the way the world is turning out and climate issues and immigration and everything like that. That it's it's just and because it's you know it's a British TV show and they don't really pull their punches they'll go for the dark and gritty kind of stuff mm -hmm. so it's got humorous elements to it but it's just i remember watching the first episode and i was like well i think suicide is probably the best option now because <laughs> if this is what we have to look forward to this is yeah I, I was like you can watch that on your own i the world is crazy enough as it is i don't need that in my um, entertainment all i'll say about the wire <laughs> <laughs> Um, especially because Baltimore is now back in the news. Ugh. Not to get political, though. But um, all I'll say about The Wire is when you think of world building, traditional world building, you might think of Game of Thrones or you might think of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Lord of the Rings. Like Somehow they managed to do this with just this normal city with normal people, but like densely created with like characters that have like these really, really dense motivations really deep so really what's satisfying isn't necessarily about like the situation but these people and how they're acting and sort of the sort of institutions there and, and again like if you are the type of person that likes characters that aren't outwardly protagonists or antagonists like and they fall somewhere in between and they change like I think that's one of the cool things like there's like tertiary and what comes after tertiary quartertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertertert
Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Sure. I you you give me a movie about like politics or political intrigue or conspiracy theories or political history, and I'm just I'm sucked in, and I don't know why because I could give a flying shit about actually being in <laughs> politics, right. but. Um, yeah, there's something about, like... I don't know, there's something about that, because to me, like... Uh, politics, it usually involves world governments, and there's it just gives you that feeling that there's something bigger than you, and that there's a more um, complicated and interesting world that you just don't really know about, and you kind of get to see behind the scenes when you're doing a show like The West Wing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like John Adams does that at the same time you also get the nice history you get laura linney and like a petticoat you get you know you get all those things sure all that so john adams uh, <laughs> is a 2008 i can't believe oh, it came out that long ago uh miniseries it's a seven part miniseries oh god which i've never heard of such a thing seven is such a strange number for tv um each part has its own subtitle and I'm wondering if anybody at the table, I think each each one of you should take just a guess at episode episode names. I think they're going to be cities, it, like U.S. colonies. <coughs> Declarations. Constitutional amendments. I bet you they're like old ailments like rickets or something. <laughs> <laughs> you got scurvy, John. <laughs> Quincy? Is Quincy one of them? No. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, part one, join or die. Oh, okay. Part two, <gasps> independence, which seemed very guessable. I thought one of you was going to say independence. Part three, don't tread on me. Part four, reunion. Part five, unite or die. Okay, so just like the most cliche American yes. expressions. That's why I thought you guys were okay. Yeah, we grew up in Lexington, Massachusetts, where the birthplace oh, well. of the revolution was. I grew up on Liberty Avenue. You should wow. be asking me about John Adams. Part six, Liberty if Avenue. If I did, would you know the answer? <laughs> no. Is that really it? Part Sam Adams. No. You're better off with Sam Adams. That would good. I'd, I'd picture that. I'd believe that. I don't know shit about Texas history, and they cram that down your throat when you're in school. I, like, I know the Alamo, and... Can you name the six flags of Texas? Oh, God. That's my go-to trivia question. Yeah, they're... Like I know there's the American flag, the Texas flag, the Mexico flag, the... You know Oklahoma looks like French a flag, yep. Spanish flag. Yes, the last one's the hardest. It's the Is it the British flag? Nope. What's the last one? The last one's the Confederacy. Ugh. Yeah. That's probably what I forgot. That's the trick it. one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's John Adams. The next show you have takes us from a distant past to a... I don't know when this show takes place. Ozark? <laughs> I think Alex has seen this. I have seen Ozark. With yeah. Jason Bateman? It it's is, and it's funny. Laura Linney? Yeah, again, Laura Linney. Petticoat or no petticoat? No, it's no. like it's like modern day, right? Sounds it takes place petty. like... Mm. Or is it not? Is it like... Yeah, it's like a near... It's a near future, uh-huh. a current parallel oh, okay. future. Um, Trump has just been... Do you know where the Ozarks are? <laughs> I do. I've been, been to the Ozarks, though? actually. Let, let us have it. Let our listeners know. I don't know anything about the show. I just know I like Jason Bateman and Laura Linney, and it's from what I've read about the synopsis, it's got, you know, things that I would like. But the Ozarks, down in, you know, like Missouri and Arkansas, are beautiful. The people look like potato sacks and candles that are melting in the hot sun. But... <laughs> The, the nature, the area that it takes place in is beautiful. Like, I've actually been canoeing down the Buffalo River, and I felt like when I did it, I was like, oh, this is like Lord of the Rings. It was beautiful. Like it's beautiful. Deliverance. It's, no, no, there was definitely like, there was definitely like at one point, I mean, Which, I was. Have you seen Deliverance? Shane's laughing. We just yeah. watched this on our Yeah, show no, there was a point where I was with a, a large group of people, and I was thankful for that fact, mm-hmm. because I kid you not, when we were driving to the. Um, the resort where we were, you know, launching off in the canoes, we we passed people and houses standing out in front of their houses who looked like, oh, this is what Deliverance was based off of. I mean, like Thanks. the kind of stuff you're like, please, you know, I don't care if we're running low on gas, we will push the car to the next stop because I am not getting out here. <laughs> and so, what is uh, what is Ozark? What is that word? I have no idea, to be honest. Do you know? When you watch the show, do they explain what 
what Ozark is? I mean, it just refers to the area. Yeah, they just moved. Like, cause is it a town? Is it a mountain? I, I, I don't know. I think it's the Ozark Lake. The Ozark it's a Lake? Yeah. I think yeah, I think there is an actual lake, uh-huh. but but the Ozarks is just kind of referred to as like a general region of the of that part of like. Feels the south. more natural to say the Ozarks than to say just Ozark. Yeah, I know, and they spell it with like a Z you and a, do- a dollar sign, everything like that. But um, <laughs> um, it's like what his family he moves his family because he saw. Yeah, I mean the most the most common comparison has been to Breaking Bad, to be honest. Tonally, really? tonally. But, uh, next. Yeah, isn't it about the drugs? next one you have in your <laughs> list is The Man in the High Castle, a I show can... that none of us have seen. Yeah, I don't know a single person that has seen it, actually. Um, I know someone who's worked on it. Who? Same with me. Uh, an no. editor or assistant editor. Oh, okay. Yeah, some VFX people that did some stuff there, too. Yeah, I, again, like. Um, you, I want to see Maddie as he reads the premise and see the sadness in his eyes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not like a, in a this series, high concept. Loosely based on Philip K. Dick's novel of the same name, uh, takes a look at what the world might look like had the outcome of World War II turned out differently. In this dystopian scenario, the Axis powers won the war, leading to the United States being divided into three parts, an area controlled by the Japanese, a Nazi-controlled section, and a buffer zone between the two. Despite the oppression, a new hope, Mark Hamill, emerges when films... <laughs> turn up that seem to show a different world. A woman believes the films contain the key to freedom and is determined to find their mysterious guardian. Yikes. Yeah. Um, you like this kind of stuff? It, <laughs> I do and I don't. I think I like it... Um, again, it's got like the history element, and if you're a fan of like Indiana Jones, everybody loves a good Nazi villain. You know, they're, they're fun to watch and hate. Yep. Um, but like the gold, the good old like classic Nazis, not like neo Nazis. Yeah. Um, but it's got that like <laughs> it's got that like dystopian feel that I think a lot of people like. Yeah. Without it feeling too, like years and years has a dystopian feel that feels very very real. It feels very possible, mm. and it feels like it could happen in the next year or two. Whereas Man of the High Castle, it's like oh yeah, that would happen if we were in an alternate dimension so you i can see why yeah, it's like it's, why you want to watch this and haven't yet yeah it seems exactly like well it's also like it's a hulu show and i mean it came out is i think it? I thought it was yeah amazon no i think it's a hulu show i could be wrong i think i might be wrong it. actually but either way it's one of those where it's like you know if it is an amazon thing i didn't even amazon. have amazon prime at the time so i never really got the chance to watch mm-hmm. it um and now that I do have access to Amazon Prime, I still don't think about it. I usually what's funny about your list of shows is like which one of these has the most laughs. <laughs> uh, Where honestly, are we getting our chuckles from? I bet is you, it going to be Inner City Adams. Baltimore? Or I bet it, you it's Ozark. I bet you if anything, if you've got Jason Bateman and Laura mm. Linney in a show together, it's going to be Ozark. I think you're actually right. You've yeah. seen Ozark, yeah? It, is Jason Bateman doing his thing? Yeah, he's, he's Bateman. He's okay. Doing like his the drama, Jason Bateman. So, in addition to these five, Alex and I each came prepared with one recommendation to add to the list, which we made based on. Alex might have made it based on knowing you. I made it based on looking at those five and trying to come up with an algorithm that would list the sixth. If it's Drag Race, I walk out right now. <laughs> do you want to go? Do you want to do yours first? Um. Yeah. Uh, I thought of a show that I didn't think you've seen. But it came to mind as you were talking about explaining what you liked about John Adams. And I have seen it, but I do feel this is worth a Popkin hard sell. Yeah. Because I haven't, I seen, it in, I haven't seen it in so long. But it's super underrated because it came and went. And this is HBO's Rome. Oh, yeah. Actually, oddly enough, I probably would. It's one of those that it just it I, it just went over my head when it came out. I didn't have HBO at the time. Um, I think, wasn't it only like a one season? It was two, but one could have stood alone on its own. Yeah, so uh, it was just one of those things where I just missed it, basically. So, it's like a pre-Game of Thrones, but it's it's got that same vibe. Uh, it came out like in that really like early, post-Sopranos, kind of around the Deadwood, six feet under. Days. Yeah, so didn't it come out after Oz? Yeah. Well, Oz came out, Oz, I think Oz wrapped up before Sopranos even started. 
Yeah, Oz was Oz is early. Like, Oz was one of like late Oz, was Oz and Oz. Sex in the City. Yeah, yeah, that was like their two big. So Rome, I think, has all the cool like. This actually really happened, and it's history that, like, we can escape it because yeah. we've progressed as a society from here. But it does; it actually does deal with a lot of the everyday things, like uh, coming home to, from war, and like, here's your wife, and what's your wife been up to for the last ten years? It's like Gladiator, but like, imagine yeah. more of a. You get to see the more like day to day type stuff. Yeah, and, and it's characters. excellent, and a lot of it's real, really based on stuff that happened, and so it plays. I definitely, I think I would definitely enjoy it. It might not be one of those things right off the because I like I love fantasy and I love you know like Game of Thrones. I was addicted every every episode. I was one of the few people that did not hate the last season. Yeah, it had problems, but I still enjoyed it. Um, but it had enough of that realistic, gritty kind of historical feel while still being, you know, fantasy. Um, not a lot of laughs in this Yeah, thing. not a lot of laughs, I imagine, mm. in Rome. Uh, all right. All right, Maddie, Give us something that would some I'm going to give you a hard sell for a show I've never seen. Is <laughs> <laughs> what I do. You said you liked Game of Thrones. I, I have a show for you that's been described to me as Game of Thrones plus learning. It's a show that just came out called The Last Czars. Oh. It's half crazy melodrama and half History Channel interviews. Oh, so it's got like the talking heads in it? It's got like the talking head history stuff that you like with your John Adams. And it's got crazy sensationalized sex and violence. <laughs> you, and your, you and your need to learn shit. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's got both. It seems perfect. I've never seen it. <laughs> And I only um, know one person who has. I, I feel like I've seen a poster for this, at least. Maybe, mm-hmm. like, on Netflix. It's one of those... And, and not to not to go off on a tangent and badmouth Netflix, but I will. Sure. Whoever does their... Horizontals? Marketing... Yeah, that too. Whoever does their marketing for their, like, their thumbnails and their graphics needs to be fired out of a canyon. Like, seriously, like... It's the worst. Unappetizing thumbnail. It's terrible, and, and they're constantly changing. That's so you go be back the death and, of society. Well, you, yeah. You as go we, back and you look at it, you're like, I don't even know what this show is. is I, have I even watched this show before? If you're just like scrolling through it at first glance. But, yeah. I have I know nothing about it based on the, it the image. About Anastasia. I he, don't know. It involves the Romanovs? Is that the Romanovs? Yeah. I, well, the history this of This is the Romanovs, yeah. That, okay, yes. The Romanovs are the last czars. But oh, so it's really oh okay. Yeah. So like, there's okay crazy social upheaval and Rasputin's doing some weird shit and like okay, it's I but, don't know. Like HBO has a show coming out with Helen Mirren called Catherine the Great. Of course it does. Yeah, I it's gonna be like a it's like, I consider it's like a limited mini so-so. it's like a mini series, but it's like it's <laughs> it's like an video. epic like period piece kind of you know million dollar budget for every episode probably but it's Helen Mirren she could do like a diuretic um, commercial and it would be good so uh, I would say before you know, we haven't yeah. heard from, from Shane on any of these topics that's true Shane doesn't like things or people I don't like things he likes reading maybe we should use that so normally <laughs> what we do reading. is we get our list and then we cross off a bunch to get two that we can pit against each other used to be three we're switching to two right now so we're going to ask shane to cross everything off except for two so use that sort of inherent hatred of everything <laughs> to just cross until there's just two titles left and then we'll we'll discuss them i really didn't think this through either because you're gonna make me watch this and whatever we end up watching i have a good feeling that i'm gonna be like well, fuck, now I have to watch it. Now I have to finish the entire... That's the idea. That I know, the, yeah, but I don't have time to do that. Well, fine. We'll start with the finale. Pick <laughs> <laughs> a show, we're going to watch the series finale. Well, then now that's a podcast. require it to mm. be... Rome is only one show. season. And just it wasn't remember, built in a day. It <laughs> has to be something that we'll both enjoy. you got to say something about Quincy Adams. It's hard. I well, know he there li- are some on these. I know he likes a good period piece as well. What do you cross? Talk us through. Like, talk he, was he doesn't like Jason Bateman or Laura Linney. Though. I enjoy Jason I Bateman and Laura Linney. I don't enjoy the Middle America and drug use. Okay. Here. I enjoy a petticoat. <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't know, I feel like there's just too much around the wire. I do kind of feel like it's one yeah, of those... Yeah, it's the like, hot button issue. Well, just like, it's one of those, like, if we start to watch it, we'll either be roped in for the next two weeks. Alex said we weren't allowed to start in the, you know, second season, so... Yeah. We gotta start at the beginning. All right, so we've got three on there. Yeah, we have John Adams, Rome, and The Last Sars. Great. Take The Last Sars off. Sorry. All right, we've got John Adams and Rome. Rome. Two HBO... Historical dramas. That don't have... They both suffer from not having enough, like, populist... Yes. They don't have two HBO dramas that don't have fans. (laughs) But we're going to watch one of them. Two shows that people forgot ever existed. Um, Okay, both of these shows seem like ones where we would have to watch the first episode. (laughs) Yeah, and only one of them none of us have seen. No, but I think John John Adams, like, won a couple awards at least or something. So at least it's got that. Our podcast... Traditionally, we skew to the thing that you would have been putting off seeing the longest. John Adams, then. Honestly, if, yeah. that, if it's down to those, it'd be John Adams. Yeah. Because I've actually wanted to see it since I saw the advertisements when it was coming out. And just never did it. I've wanted to see it since I saw John Quincy Adams. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to see it since I had a Sam Adams earlier today. <laughs> uh, Alright, sounds like we're going to go watch John Adams. Hells yeah. And Alex is going to be the only one who knows whether it has more or less laughs than Ozark. (laughs) Okay. Um, We'll keep track. The listeners are going to hear the trailer for John Adams. There's probably one. Uh, And then we're going to come back and talk about what we saw. Objects of the most stupendous magnitude are now before us. It is no small thing to build a new world, gentlemen. We are in the very midst of revolution, the most remarkable of any in the history of the world. Liberty will reign in America! All right, we're back. So, yeah. <laughs> did That was did, great. I loved it. You liked it? Yeah. I, I mean, like... I don't like those kind of shows at all. Halfway through, I was like, I would have enjoyed the drunk history version of it. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yes, there were because you could see it all. You could have seen exactly you how could they would have still have been Paul Giamatti. Yes, yeah, yes. and Laura Lenny. Yeah, <laughs> that whole cast could have been there. Um, you want to just do the quick episodic recap? Yeah. Um, so John Adams is about the titular John Adams, and episode one starts in uh, 1770. And he's a lawyer in the colony of Massachusetts. His cousin Sam has put his beer brewing business on hold momentarily (laughs) to try to start a revolution. You start by seeing sort of a very centrist and moderate principled Uh John Adams, right? Like he's established his credibility as like, look, because he's yeah, he's very nonpartisan. And uh, yes. he represents he's thrust right into the middle of the Boston Massacre. Yeah. Yes. Where he he represents the British soldiers that killed the I'm uh, sure I knew that at one point, but I was surprised yeah. by that. I didn't know that. I was surprised by that too. I, I also know. thought it was yeah, I, I thought no the uh, Boston Massacre was always like a bigger more of a thing. massacre. Well, yeah. there yeah. were 200 people. Yeah, there. But five people five died. Of them died. I mean, nowadays that's just a that's a Sunday. That's a, that's a Sunday uh, at a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> And then we quickly realize that we're time jumping yeah. because, like, uh, we get to like later instances of British uh, oppression. And oppression. We at the tea party. They didn't even show it though. They no, just mentioned it, like, "Oh yeah, by the way, the tea party." You thing get happened. Justin Thoreau who just rides in on his pirate ship and is like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, you guys want some tea?" Talk. And they're like, "Get out of here!" Like, um, what put him over the ed- what puts him over the edge? What puts John Adams? Into the, I to think, the left. Well, they take away the courts. He's a man of the law. Oh, yeah, they take away the courts. King George says, actually, all your trials now have to happen in England. Specifically. And he's like, Look, yeah, the it's one not going to work for me. John like, I object. Just yeah. yeah, I object to that. <laughs> not to mention, he's also now lost most of his practice because he defended British right. soldiers, so nobody really wants to hire but him. But they're all there. British. Well, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're 
They're all all of his clients. They're New Englanders now. Well, so no, but those are like the thirteen colonies that have been established. Yeah, but by I think Britain. at that point, so John still. No, I think British. John Adams was probably born in America. So yes, he, but the colonies, yeah, blah, blah, blah. colonial people. So yeah, it's the yoke of oppression that he starts to be. Because so, he kind of he's, he's sort of just like he's like we can handle ourselves. Yeah. Well, that's what they were promised. And we were. He's like, we were. If I were, yeah. if I remember, yeah, they were promised. He's the, like, remember that the, Boston the, Massacre thing? He's like, yeah. I took, I handled that. Yeah. yeah. They were promised the right to govern themselves, and so they're basically having that right stripped away from them. So, he's like, well, if you're not even going to give us the rule of law, then what's basically what's to stop everything from turning into chaos? We'll make our own laws. Basically, what he says, we're going to Philadelphia, make our own law. They're starting up congresses. He's like, he's, can we do that? He's like, can we just do yeah. that? Yeah. They yeah have- there was a funny moment in the court scene where John Adams was like called a witness and who had said that he was like standing really close to the action and that he actually like had some shit. He had some schmaltz on his coat. Yeah. Like, because he just had his one coat. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. look, you've got the little gunpowder residue on your coat from the Boston Massacre. Like, can you imagine if you like witnessed a murder and had like shit on your coat from that murder and then you were in court the next week and you're just wearing that same coat because it's your only coat <laughs> could you imagine Did how it? annoyed you would be at the murderer for staining your only coat yeah you're like I don't I can't get another maybe one maybe at yourself for being present too. I mean the way they even had to make rope was like they just had these like billy clubs and they're just like whacking this something Hell. yeah I still don't even rope quite get that i guess they're just beating it into like because they have well, to it's like, it's a, like a giant and a twisting it's like a giant spool that they have to like thread and twist it so i guess they have to beat it into place first it was Life a huge plot hard. point it was a those clubs is what got exonerated the uh kind of the british guys um but it would it did what amounted to be a pretty long and disjointed history lesson yeah yes. i mean I guess if if it's going to be that disjointed and that it's going to cover that much time period, then we're I'm assuming if it's a seven part miniseries, we're going to see all the way up into his presidency and, and maybe even after, because that first yeah, we don't even realize yeah, it either. It that first episode takes place over what four years? Yeah, you said? it's at four years, and it's based on his biography. Yeah, yeah, those and uh, it's from the mind of the same man who has now brought us Cats the movie. Is that true? Yeah. This would have definitely benefited for, for a musical scene. <laughs> definitely would have woken me up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It yeah, was, it tried. It got a little slow. It did not. You know. There were no... Ozark is funnier. What you're saying? Like, there were no laughs. No, not I, really. There were, there were two chuckles, but yeah, no real laughs. Um, there were a lot of wigs. Yeah. So you got your wig fix. <laughs> well, like, I knew there were going to be wigs, and so I was kind of excited about that, but I... I forgot how how often they all wore wigs and like and the reasons they wore wigs like he just yeah. takes his wig off when he walks inside his house at night i was like oh shit that's right yeah he yeah, would, as soon he as would he have gets worn home, a wig takes the wig off yeah but also he had his like sort of like dress wig like for court and then he has yeah. a casual wig all that stuff looked pretty well researched like even like the bed that laura linney abigail yeah. adams yeah. sleeps in like i well, like the curtain behind the front door, too. That I mean, I've seen that before in period films, and I've right. seen that in like historical like yeah. houses, but it's, I always forget what that's cold for. out. It's, it's like it's weather stripping, It keeps out the cold. Yeah, you don't have weather stripping. Oh. Shit. Yeah. So, so this took place in 2008, or sorry, this was this made in 2008. This was, this was made in 2008, yeah. and it swept all the Emmys and, yeah. the, yeah. and the Golden Globes, Gold but it yeah. didn't that's have a lot of competition. Surprising. I'm like, who did it? who does the competition for it like this? There was like only three other nominations for the because it was in the mini mini series yeah. category, which today that's like grown. There's a mil- there's so yeah. much more yeah. things in that category. What was um, it against? The Andromeda Strain on A and E, Cranford on PBS, <laughs> Cranford? and Tin Man on Sci-Fi. Oh yeah, that oh, was that yeah. terrible um, Wizard of Oz thing with Zoe yeah. Deschanel. But yeah. Just to know what the, what in the outstanding comedy series was. This is Murderer's Row. Thirty Rock won that year. Curb Your Enthusiasm. It beat it beat Curb, Curb Entourage, The Office, and Two and a Half Men. Wow. So, 
my five favorite comedies <laughs> in that order. Um, okay, so let's address the elephant in the room, which is John Quincy Adams. Who was apparently a child. He was a child in this. He, they called him Johnny. So my questions are, why come? how come it's not John Adams and Johnny Adams? Or John Adams and John Q. Adams? Like, for instance, we had two George Bush presidents fairly recently, and we didn't call them George Bush and George Washington Bush. Or George, George Herbert. Well, you know, we don't yeah. call them. We just did the George W. Bush. So why didn't we follow the same convention with the Adams and just have John Adams and John Q. Adams? Well, if I remember, we didn't call George Bush Sr. George He was George, George W. Bush. We called him everyone and, realized he had an idiot son who could be president. Too. Yeah, and so Correct. that's when they started calling him George Herbert or George H.W. So I, maybe it was just... He wanted to stand out, and back then people were proud of their middle names. Middle names. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't really know if I'd be proud of Quincy. Okay, but... because since since there's zero percent chance we actually guessed the real reason, <laughs> I'm going to throw out something completely okay. absurd. Yeah, and that is just that no one have names that start with Q back then. Yeah, and so they're like, we got to get this Q name out there. <laughs> well, that's definitely not it. <laughs> it's not even like. Well, we already have a John Adams. Yeah. Gotta give you this strange letter. It is interesting. I mean, this show came out, like we said, you know, over a decade ago. There has not been a sequel. You know? There has not been a John Quincy Adams series. And. Do you wanna follow up? Well, maybe it's just. If there was, would it start in his childhood? I mean, because he was president. If that's the case, didn't we just watch the pilot? That's yeah. What I'm saying. And he was president from 1825 to 1829. It seems like there might have been more interesting stuff happening at that time. I could be wrong. So, okay, so the two questions we have are number one, at any point did you wish that we were watching another show? What was the other? Final Contender? I don't even remember. The Rome uh, and Rome. At any point did you wish we were watching Rome? Rome is definitely better than that. <laughs> I feel like Rome would have had more interesting aspects, like sex and violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the pacing... Because as, as I actually found the content interesting, but there was a period where I was like, has it been an hour yet already? Or are we... Uh... Hour 10, this, this was an hour and 11 minutes, and it, 44 would have... I think been a yeah. nice tight yeah. for this one. The, the bigger question is, well, are you going to watch the second episode? I don't know. I was thinking about that halfway through. It's like, do I want to watch this? Because I want to know what happens. But I also feel I like at this point, I could just <laughs> read the history books. Um, you know, it's a little funny tidbit for people that don't know this about Paul Giamatti, but his father was the commissioner of baseball. Yes. Um, yeah, they talked about that in Bart. My favorite murder because oh. he uh, oh. he reads a section of their their book on the audiobook. <laughs> so it could be Bart Quincy Giamatti. <laughs> good, <laughs> a little um, clunky, but good. I know. Who was your first? What the first time I remember seeing him was in Private Parts, uh, Howard Stern's Private yep. Parts movie. Yep. Same oh, here. that's that, right. I'm trying to look at the first time. I never seen. Did you, he was awesome in that. Yeah, I can't remember the first time I saw him though. But like, he's very much like the Steve Buscemi type character, like quirky looking. Yeah, popping up in random things. So is this is this the start of a new binge worthy? I don't thing, know. Or I don't know. Can it, we say honestly, it's a win win, right? Because either you just found a new show to watch, <laughs> great, awesome. Or you get to cross this off their list and you don't need to worry about watching it. I feel like I might, honestly, I might give it, give the second episode a chance. And if I'm not, like, hooked by that, then I'd probably, I probably wouldn't continue. Um, but I also feel like, honestly, I feel like I might be more of a casual watcher on the second episode. Like, it might actually be something that I would put on in the background while I work. I think the thing that's most interesting is he seems like a pretty cool and principled, decent and principled person with a decent oh, yeah. and principled wife. So that yeah. seems pretty cool. Yeah, I like I, I like, I like I him as a son. character, and I like Paul Giamatti's portrayal of him. Um, maybe, it, maybe it was just an issue of pacing. 
What about you? What do you think? Um, I felt like Laura Linney was by far more interesting, which is sad because she was <laughs> not really there that much. But I was more curious about the woman who supports the guy than mm-hmm. the guy. Because well, I, th- I was like, yeah, you're kind of a snooze, dude. Well, I think she, I think her, if I remember correctly, I think her character becomes. I mean, obviously she's second build, but I think her character becomes more important. Because when, when the show was out and it was doing the whole awards season thing, she was getting a lot of buzz for her betrayal and in and, and the role. So I feel like she probably has more to do in future episodes. That could be, because yeah. watching episode one, I was like, why are you casting Laura Linney and having her in like five scenes in this Yeah, in every drama? scene she's just like... Standing there looking at him and in a different dress. Um, petticoat. But what is a pet? I'm sorry. What is a petticoat? Petticoat is what makes your that's her skirt go poofy. Yes. yes that, well, like that. Oh, the little wire yeah. thing. Well, that's the that's a cage. That's a caged oh, skirt. Petticoat is like it's petticoat it's like is the just, white. If you see the white frilly things, it's like what's skirt. underneath the dress. Ah, like so. A slip? Yeah, it's when it's. When you think of like Beauty and the Beast and they're yes. dancing, and you yes. see all of those layers of uh-huh. fabric, petticoats. Yeah. Easier to understand in cartoon form. There you go. For but sure. But like, I remember seeing a video where like they show like they they took a woman, a modern day woman, and put her in like seventeen hundreds era, you know, garments, and like the layers and layers that they have to put on. They have to put on like. The long john underwear. They have to put on the corset. Then they have to put on like, like bloomers. The bloomers. Then this, the the hoop skirt thing. Then the petticoat. Yeah, that's a really good meal at uh, yeah. Chili's <laughs> or Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so what's Petticoat Junction? Petticoat Junction is a TV show set on <laughs> the prairie. It's a terrible TV oh. show. No, yeah, it's just uh, like a after. It's like that the, somewhere between that and like the Civil War. I oh, say. I thought it was later. I thought it was like the end of the 1800s. Maybe. Mm. I mean, no uh, reason to squabble over 1865 to 1885. No. So, I consider this a success. I consider it a huge success. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. I don't know if I'll stick I with it. I know I don't but... have to watch episode two. <laughs> uh, before we say farewell, where can our listeners find your artwork? And what would you like them to do? Bathroom stalls and like truck stop (laughs) restrooms. Um, Just (laughs) places you'd find Emmys. Uh, Like Instagram, Twitter, Uh Facebook. At symbol Chris Abel's art. Yeah, the the handle, if if you call it that, I don't really know. It's the at Chris Abel's art. And it's spelled out at or it's like the ampersand? Yeah, the ampersand, like at at Chris Abel's art. And yes, you take commissions. No, actually, well, I do, but I'm currently not. He's all um, booked up, guys. I may, I, post, actually I may post a commission Chris did for me, which is of the Blue Streak cast. You have a, to post it. It's yeah. the best thing. As a, an animated That's series. That's on my website, too. I was actually looking at it the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. It's really good. It's a, it's a, it's a niche audience, as we say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for our, Maybe for our more Blue niche. Street fans out there. Nobody else has figured it out. <laughs> less niche than the John Adams fan. <laughs> yeah. Base. No, yeah, I actually I um, know more Blue Streak so fans cute. than John Adams fans. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a ton after this. Can you draw me John Quincy Adams at age 13? <laughs> In the style of... Um, yeah, no, so you can, you can find me on it, most of the uh, social do. media accounts. Because I do know you do tend to draw things you're watching. Oh, I you do, yeah. You should do <laughs> the, the Disney-fied version of the John Adams story. That would be Have really you ever really seen funny. those... Um, they're, I don't know who the artist is. They're really, really good. Somebody did a Disney version of the Game of Thrones characters. It's a couple of years old. I think they might have done it maybe after like seasons two or three. But they're, it, it looks like like they were drawn in a way to make it look like they were making an animated Game of Thrones movie. But they're they're done so well, and I wish I knew who the artist was because I would totally plug them. But you could probably find them on like BuzzFeed or something. They're they're really really good. And Shane, we can find your. Post-production coordination work where, um, like the work itself. I'm currently working on a Facebook Watch show. Sorry for your loss. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll plug that because I don't think anyone watches it. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. It actually is a really good show. Well, guys, it's great news because you came in with a list of five shows you wanted to watch. At a certain point, it was bloated to seven. And now it's maybe down to six. Yeah. And so you're one, one step, step closer, closer to clearing the queue. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That was Clearing the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about... You can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q-U-E-U-E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at clearingthequeue, facebook.com slash clearingthequeue. Subscribe on iTunes? Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs> <laughs>